Welcome back to another episode of the Executive Code Podcast. You're very welcome to join us here. And you, as you know, you can join us on any one of your podcast platforms, or you can watch our videos on YouTube, which is a recording of our podcast. And I, I'm joined here with Nicole, and she's here to ask me all the questions that you want answered and to drill down into the information that you want to know about. So, Nicole, what question do you have for our listeners this week? So, Paul, we're almost two years into this global pandemic, and most people I know are still working remotely from home, which has its benefits, but many are also experiencing burnout from the longer hours and lack of in-person interaction. So what are the best ways to deal with burnout and the isolation that comes with working remotely? Okay, really, really good question. Um, and it's actually a really, really important question um, on a lot of different fronts. What I would say to you is that, funny enough now, and just, just as an aside, the pandemic is actually perhaps in some respects no different for a lot of people that have been self-employed for, for many, many years because a lot of people that have been self-employed have been working from home anyway. Um, and they've been working remotely. So therefore, it's not really been a huge impact from, from, from that perspective. But for a lot of people that don't have that experience and have been in the office and there's a lot of restrictions on, on, on people, it has had a massive, massive impact. There, there's no denying it. Um, you refer to burnout, you refer to isolation, but there, there's a lot of different things um, that, that is going to impact an awful lot of people. Um, now, thankfully, there seems to be less restrictions. So it means that we can start to meet up with people a little bit more. And we've a little bit more of what we can do compared to, say, two years ago when this pandemic started off and we were completely locked down to a very short radius of what we could actually uh, travel amongst. But I spoke before, um, and I spoke, I speak quite regularly in this particular subject matter, just giving my history. And I've been saying this for quite a number of years. And unfortunately, the pandemic has exasperated this. Um, and a lot of people are not talking about this. Um, and the subject matter that I'm referring to is our mental health. So some people refer to it, but they don't really discuss it because it's a subject matter they don't really like and they don't feel comfortable about actually discussing. But the pandemic, apart from the impact that it's having in relation to people getting COVID and people passing away from COVID and so on, and the debates that are going on all the time in relation to being vaccinated, being not being vaccinated and so on. The underlying thing with all of that, not just for, and it touches every single age group. So it's not just the business owners. It's not just the elderly. It's not just the young people, in, 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 as in young kids in school. It's teenagers. It's going through the full spectrum of the age groups. And that's our mental health. And we're not going to see the impact. And I said this a number of years ago, before even the pandemic came. And so we are going to be looking at a huge surge in relation to mental health going forward in the next number of years. And with the mental health comes suicide. So those figures I'm predicting, I hope I am absolutely wrong on this, but I am predicting a surge in relation to suicide. And the conversations that I'm hearing and having with a lot of people is around suicide ideation. So not only are we gonna be talking about burnout and isolation, but you know, one of those aspects is around suicide ideation and relation to mental health. So in the number of years that are going to come post-pandemic, when we get past all of this, you will see a surge if we don't do something about it. You will see a surge in, in suicide rates across all age groups. So 
it's a huge area that not an awful lot of people are talking about. We don't hear our governments talking about it. We don't hear the, the mainstream in society talking about it. They talk about mental health, but they're only really touching at the fringes. Um, talk to anybody that's on the front line from a, an emergency response perspective, and then you'll get to hear the real story about suicide rates. So, and unfortunately, the way statistics run, we're not going to hear and see those figures until perhaps maybe a year, two years down the road, when the figures actually start to come out, because they're always historical figures. I just want to make that point while we're talking around th th this kind of subject matter, um, and just be aware of it. And because when I'm going to answer your question, Nicole, in terms of burnout and isolation and so on, because the, they're, they're all linked. So it's one thing to just keep in mind of, and then also for the people that you perhaps might be in contact with in order to make sure that they aren't and they don't feel isolated. So your, your question around, you know, how do we deal with burnout and isolation? First of all, what you've got to understand is burnout is not necessarily a result of overwork. So what do I mean by that? Burnout is actually, a, it's an emotional response from work that you're doing not necessarily the quantity of work that you're doing. So you could work, which I do, because I absolutely love the work that I do. I work long hours. I don't necessarily work Monday to Friday. For me, there is no demarcation from that perspective because I absolutely love the work that I do. So people that refer to burnout, they may refer to it from the perspective of being overworked, and that, that's one aspect. So you could be, for example, pre-pandemic, you could be flying all around the world, attending meeting after meeting after meeting, presenting to different audiences and all that kind of thing. So you can burn out physically from that perspective. But primarily when it comes to burnout for the vast majority of people, it's the emotional response of the work that they're actually doing, not necessarily the quantity of the work that they're doing, if that makes sense. So if you think about when, when you're Think from this perspective, if you were doing a mundane task and it's a, it's a task that you're doing and it's a, it's a repetitive task, you're not necessarily physically getting exhausted. You're mentally getting exhausted because ultimately what you're doing is you're getting bored, you're getting tired, you're getting lethargic. You just don't feel any zest for life because you're just doing a repetitive, boring task. So that's the emotional response. That burnout can come from just that response of doing the work that you're doing. Isolation, on the other hand, so people have experienced isolation, but the detrimental impact of isolation is actually loneliness. So it's not isolation per se, because you can deal with isolation. That, that's, that's manageable. But if you're not actually dealing with the loneliness that comes with isolation, that has a much more detrimental impact on an individual, both physically and mentally. So really, you know, it's easy to deal with the isolation. I would more encourage people to look at the, the loneliness aspect. So think of, think of loneliness from the point of view of where they don't have that human interaction, they don't have that human contact. That's loneliness. So think of it from the perspective, so my mom is 93, for example. So she has been cocooned for the past two years. She's been out only a few times over the last few years. One was to attend a, a, the, the, the funeral of, of my brother recently in, in, on, the first on the 1st of September. Um, and other times were, were to see our younger brother. So 
she has been out of the house for a lot of period, but in some respects, she doesn't feel lonely because she has all of her siblings, or not her siblings, but she has all of her, her kids in contact with her on a regular basis. So she has that connection and she has us visiting her on a regular basis. So therefore, she doesn't feel necessarily lonely. Now, does she feel bored? Yeah, because she can't get out. She can't do the things that she always used to do. So they're all interlinked, if you understand what I mean. But the most critical thing for an awful lot of people is to try and tackle the loneliness aspect of it. Isolation, you can deal with. That's easy to deal with. From the perspective of like, there's less restrictions coming in place. So therefore, now it's a case of, okay, so we can move out more. We can go and we can, we can connect with more people. We can go for that cup of coffee, for example, and meet up with our friends. That's possible. So therefore, that's, that, that's what can be done. So to treat, first of all, to treat burnout, you've got to treat loneliness. To treat burnout, you've got to treat your nation to the work. You've got to look at the work that you're doing. When it comes from a personal perspective, you've got to look at, you know, we, we spoke on a previous episode about discipline and the routines and what are the habits that you actually have. In order to avoid burnout from a, a physical perspective, it's looking at what are the boundaries that you have for yourself. So where you're checking emails or checking social media, what's the timelines that you have on your work? So again, as, as, as you said, Nicole, while people are working from home or they're working remotely, th- those boundaries between what's work life and what's family life start to merge and they start to kind of they, they become a little bit more vague so discipline and instilling the discipline within an individual is from the perspective of no here's the hours that are work and therefore the other hours are here's the hours that i do exercise or here's the hours that i spend with my family or here's the hours that i get out and go into nature and have breaks and so on so what What's your, you know, for meal times even? So a lot of people have again don't have the discipline of the set times of when they have have meal times. So discipline and habits will have a huge impact from burnout from a physical perspective, if you understand from that side of things. So look at it from you know your breaks, your exercise, are you hydrating, for example? Um, are you eliminating, you know, sitting down on the couch and just watching TV all day? Um, look at all the habits that you're having. One major impact from a burnout perspective is getting out in nature. So, you know, a lot of probably nearly every single one of my clients, I will encourage them to learn how to do meditation because meditation reduces stress and brings in creativity and so on. There's a lot of benefits in relation to meditation. But one of those things is going out into nature as well. So you can do meditation in nature, but even if you don't want to do meditation in nature, you can still go for a walk. And because thankfully we're not restricted from actually going for a walk in nature, it's the energy that you're going to get from nature that's actually going to help you from a physical perspective as well. Look at things from the perspective of, you know, are there hobbies that you can start to do? Are there hobbies you can that you've stopped doing and maybe you want to rekindle? Or is there, for example, online learning that you want to do? So I know a lot of people that have learned so many things over the last two years because of they've attended online classes. And when you think about it, if the online classes are done in a specific way, they're having that connection with the other students or the other people within the actual course itself. One of the things from the executive code community is it is a community. It's worth connecting in a lot of different ways, both physically over Zoom and how we connect through each other. So 
what's the community that you're part of in order to avoid that loneliness? So you 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 asked the question a couple of episodes back, Nicole, which was um, we have three faces. We've the face that we show the outside world. We've the face that we show our our family circle, and then there's that inner face. Now I know I kind of somewhat disagreed with with, with the, the the post that was put up from the perspective of there's only three faces. No, there, there, there's multiple faces. But look at it from the perspective of who are the people, and you know whether it's a listener or whether it's people that you're connected with. That if you actually really took the time out to think about it, would you consider that they would be lonely? And even though a lot of people could have a lot of people around them they could still feel lonely. So don't dismiss it from that perspective either in terms of you can still be part of and have a lot of people around you, but you can still feel hugely lonely even amongst the crowd. It's not until such times you start to really connect with somebody and really, I mean, I don't mean asking questions, but I mean really connect with them that you'll actually really get to understand who they are, what they are, what they're about, and what really makes a difference for them. And from that then, now they're not going to feel lonely. When you solve the loneliness, and so whether it's on an individual basis, on a personal basis, or even in the business, what can you do in order to actually solve the loneliness side of things? The isolation, the burnout is easy. (laughs) The burnout, you just got to be on your purpose. When you're on your purpose, you don't have burnout. You literally, you, you can go as long as you want. You won't burn out unless you're physically doing a lot of work. And then that's physical burnout. That's a completely separate thing altogether. That's just exhaustion. <laughs> so it's two different things altogether. But it's the loneliness part that literally kicks in for an awful lot of people. Does that make sense, Nicole? Yeah. And it's somewhat easier to actually be less lonely with all this tech that we have, you know, video calls, you know, Netflix. We have this teleparty thing where you can watch videos together, even though you're not physically together. So uh, I know some people are experiencing Zoom fatigue, but at least it's not 50 years ago where we only had the telephone because I can't imagine <laughs> it locked down <laughs> 50 yeah. years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the suicide rates at the start of the the podcast. But um, I heard, you know, when I was in Singapore, I heard that the student suicides, they, the government actually, and this is just all hearsay, so it's not an official source. Um, but I heard that the student suicides were no longer reported in the news because they didn't want other students to, you know, get the idea that that's a way that they could solve their problems when they, when they felt overwhelmed. And um, this has been an issue even before the pandemic. So it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, the pandemic caused it, but I definitely do think that um, it's made it worse with, you know, online learning and Singapore has always had a really stressful education system, but, you know, the pandemic just added another layer of complexity and stress on top of that. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Has. It, 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 it hasn't helped it. It's definitely exasperated. But if, if you know, and if, if you've done kind of research that I've done in relation to suicide and, and, and depression and so on over, the, over many, many years, you'll understand as regards where I say I'm predicting that the rates are going to go up and they're going to escalate at a rate of knots. It's based on the scientific research that has already been taking place because it all goes back to the traumas that individuals will have actually gone through. And because those traumas haven't been neutralized or dissolved, it manifests itself either 10, between 10, 15, 20 years later. So that's where I'm making a prediction. So if you think about it from the perspective of 
people have gone through, say, the global recession. And that in itself would have been a multiple of traumas for different people within the family. So whether they lost their business or whether their father or parent was made redundant or whether, you know, something happened, you know, that even as small as they changed school, that's still a trauma for an individual. And when you get a culmination of those traumas, 10, 15, 20 years later down the road, it's when those traumas start to manifest and they manifest in multiple ways, whether it be through alcoholism, through drug abuse, through gambling, through suicide ideation, through depression, it manifests in multiple different ways. And that's based on the scientific research, but you never, you'll never hear that from the, the mainstream doctors, never, because the doctors will literally just prescribe the drugs. But again, if you do the research into the drugs, you'll find the evidence does not support the drugs. So one part is actually following the money. That, that's one aspect. But a lot of it will actually be compressed in terms of the reporting of statistics. And you're absolutely right, Nicole, from, from what you said in terms of they won't want to report the figures because it might give the idea to other people to consider that as an option. And unfortunately, it is being considered as an option. I know that this is it's it's a very it's a very important subject matter. Perhaps it's a subject matter people don't want to particularly listen to, but it is absolutely really really important. I cannot emphasize that enough because you never know who you're going to be connected with. I disclosed my own story on on the second episode of this podcast, so hence the reason why I know all the research and have gone into understanding depression, suicidation in a much more deeper level than. Uh, the vast majority of people anyway, and all the things that people talk about in relation to alleviating or, or um, dissolving depression and suicidation will not work. And that hence the reason why I work with a number of clients from that perspective in order to dissolve the original traumas and put them on the purpose. Now you've dissolved the traumas, but now you've put given them purpose and meaning. And that's where now it eliminates or definitely um, highly reduces the impact of suicidation and depression. And, and that's what needs to be done as part of the work that I do. So when I talk to people and say, they ask me what I do, and I say to them, for, for me, it's about saving lives, both literally and metaphorically. So the number of clients that come to me in relation to have considered our planned and attempted suicide is significant. And I'm only tipping at the iceberg. The conversations that I have with a number of people in terms of they've come across other people that have considered attempted and planned is huge but that's something that's not reported about and it is a subject matter unfortunately we need to do talk about but it's not really been talked about correctly and it's not really been talked about properly and the reason being is why i say that is because the vast majority of people that come to me they've heard everything in the mainstream they've been to all the different people to try and get to support but because they've never experienced it they don't really connect and because they don't really, you'll, you'll understand from the perspective, if, if anybody's ever gone through that, they'll know when in the sense of, well, okay, just to, you know, the normal prescription is, you know, either do meditation or exercise or healthy diet and so on. That's not going to remove the depression or the suicide ideation. It just doesn't. So, yes, I know, I know perhaps maybe I've gone a little bit deeper from, in, as opposed to the intention for this particular episode, but it's such it's it's a subject matter that's close to my heart. It's a subject matter that I'm passionate about. It's and I'm just I suppose the more people talk about it, the easier it's going to be for people that are suffering from those kind of thoughts. 
is there a way out? There is absolutely a way out from the perspective of dissolving the underlying issues that are causing the suicide ideation and depression and then putting people on the purpose. It's part of the work that I do. Getting back to what, what you're asking, Nicole, in terms of burnout and all the isolation and loneliness, it's all of those are, are, are connected. So therefore, what can we do not only as an individual, but also from a business perspective and from a community perspective? Because if you take it from a business perspective, what is it that you're doing as a business owner to create a community within the business that you're operating? And don't get me wrong, I, I, I work with a lot of business owners, so I know the difficulties that business owners are having right now at the moment, having gone through the pandemic and dealt, having to deal with all the restrictions and changes and restrictions at the last minute and all kinds of things. That's had a massive, massive impact on an awful lot of businesses. But ultimately, a business is only good as the people that it has. So what can you do to develop and grow the business, the people that are within the business itself? So to avoid that loneliness feeling, to avoid that isolation feeling and to avoid that burnout, what as businesses and as business owners are we actually doing for our people? So what's the community that you're developing within the the business itself? What's the connection that you're developing amongst the people within the business? So, you know, is there a level of empathy amongst the people within within the business? Is there a level of support, relationships, connection being developed within and amongst the employees within the company? What are you doing from a collaboration perspective and get people working together from that side of things? And so whether it be project teams or whatever, that's all ways of how you can help move towards and move away from isolation and loneliness. So think of it, you know, social interaction is so absolutely important. It's human nature. We want to interact with other people. And the more interaction we have, well, then the less loneliness we will actually experience. And there's so much stigma around mental health and, and suicide. You know, actually in Singapore, there suicide is a crime. And so if, you know, someone commits suicide, the police actually handcuff the corpse. And I know that's a bit morbid, but I just want to throw it out there. But, you know, the good thing about the pandemic is that uh, talking about mental mental health issues is a lot more mainstream now, because I think a lot more people are experiencing the same feelings um, that this period has brought about. Um, and so that's, I guess, one of the good uh, things um, that have come out of this period that we're in. It is. It, it's. It, there, there's a. It is being talked about an awful lot more. There's a lot more we we've to gotta go. Thankfully, here in Ireland and a lot of countries in Europe, and I think in the states as well, it's no longer a criminal act. So hence the reason why you go back over a number of years, um, people would use the terminology, the individual committed suicide. And that terminology was used because, like Singapore, it was a criminal offence. Thankfully, it no longer is a criminal offence. Um, so therefore, now the terminology should be, rightly, the person suicided. But it doesn't take away from the fact of it is actually happening. So the more we do actually talk about it, the, the more that can be actually developed to help and support everybody because i'm a firm believer that i know a lot of people that i've spoken to over the years will say oh i've never had, had any suicide thoughts or i've never had any suicide agent or never even contemplated or i may feel small periods of, of depression and so on but i'm a firm believer that it will touch every single individual in some shape or form so the more we actually talk about it and make it easier for people but it's one thing talking about it, the other thing is how can we actually have the interventions in order to help and support people to get through it 
And a lot of what we talk about in this podcast in terms of that connection and not feeling lonely, not feeling isolated is part of solving the problem as well. And we're going to segue nicely into the next um, episode with this topic as well. Okay, okay, good. I look forward to it. (laughs) Okay, guys, um, I know we went perhaps maybe a little bit heavy than what we normally do in relation to the subject matter. Um, As you know, it's a subject matter that I'm passionate about. It's something that's really, really important to me. Hence the reason why, you know, it, it, it's obviously needed to come up and especially during this time while we've been going through the past two years in relation to the pandemic. But we hope you got something from this particular episode as well. If you feel that it will help and benefit other people from listening to this particular episode, why not share the actual episode itself or share the podcast and let other people know about it, that the information is available because it's it's different information that they're going to hear from anywhere else. This is not something that is talked about regularly on other platforms, especially in the level of detail that we can go into in relation to this particular subject matter. And if you liked the podcast and you enjoyed the content, you enjoy hearing what the questions that Nicole has and the conversation that were actually taking place, why not give it a review and support us on your podcast platform? Because the more reviews that we get on the actual podcast itself, the more people, that's just the simple algorithms that are operated from all the different platforms. The more reviews that we get, the more people it actually reaches. The more people it reaches, the more people we actually get to help. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, As I said, you can join us on our YouTube channel as well. You can subscribe to that as well. So you can see the interview taking place um, or you can continue listening on all of the, the podcast platforms. But until next time, I wish you every success.